Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. Today, we're going to be continuing on Salem's Lot with Nova and also James. Hi. We are here. Yeah. (laughs) And we're talking about part two today. Hopefully the whole thing. We'll see how it goes. Maybe not. Uncertain. But it is the Emperor of Ice Cream. We like ice cream. Yeah, and we get two like very random poems to stop start off this section, which I didn't understand. And listen, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I'm not very good with poetry, so I just kind of read them, and I'm like, wow. Um, let me read him again because I've yeah. forgotten. I feel it, like it's well, out there because with this book, King just pulls random poetry. Like yeah. obviously, like it's not as random, but mm-hmm. you know, it's like uh, it has some dealings and what you know like in either like what a character you know like how that character is it could be based off that poem or just based off of a line off of there like oh i saw this i'm gonna base this character or this book off that one poem like mm-hmm. it's not the first time king sat there and based uh was it child child roland to the dark tower or something like that which was a epic poem and he mm-hmm. pretty much made eight freaking books and called them Dark Tower. Like, so he took a poem and turned it in eight books, so. Yeah, I know they're supposed to be talking about death, but I didn't dissect them enough because. Yeah. Yeah, I casually goes through four years of college for creative writing and is still bad at dissecting poetry. I take most things very literally. I'm not very good with symbolism. Um, that's just my kind of thing. I'm I, I don't like beating around the bush and I feel like some of this some poetry just like that's the whole point of it. And I'm not a fan. Yeah, some is very, very um there is a hidden meaning and you have to hit all the metaphors in this to find the meaning. Yeah. And, like hi little too much <laughs> yeah like, I like it like when I, it's beautiful but i have no idea what you're saying yeah i want it to be wrapped up at the end of the nice little bow and i know what it was talking about um i do like some where it has like a little bit that you can kind of like figure out but when it's too much it's like i'm not yeah. here to work hi like when i i'm oh, sorry no 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 you're good you're good go just when they were saying like oh this is the emperor of ice cream is like talking about death like when they later describe it to us i'm like how did you get that? Because I didn't. I didn't know we were talking about death until you just told me we were talking about death, but okay. Yeah. Emperor of Ice Cream, I I feel if it's some reference that I don't understand, then obviously that, but I was like, that feels more like a happy thing than death. But if you think about Ring Around the Rosie, that was about the Black Plague. But it sounds like such a nice, cheery song. Well, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, just like know. ice cream symbolically too is more happy. Happy. True. It's so it's like, like, yeah, that <laughs> is true. Yeah. Also, too, I, I just look at it as any other form of media or any other form of art. It's mm-hmm. you just it like you know, there you could look at a painting and in a room full of people, you're probably going to get a different story with each person. So that's how I always look at poetry yeah. as well. Uh, it, it, it's the it same very much thing. is that like when i read screenplays before i'd seen the movie um because i saw I, I read nightmare alley before i saw the movie that del toro did i read the screenplay for that movie and when i read it i could not see where they either casted this guy or that guy it's your own interpretation yeah of how you perceive the art and then mm-hmm. as you see someone else's interpretation you're like oh wow you know like that's how I look at everything. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. So, so it's never a right or wrong answer, you know? No, that's for sure. Yeah. Unless you're the high school English teacher and uh, the curtains are blue, so they must mean something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My high school English teacher was the fucking bomb. Mine was too. Mine actually got me into cr- the creative writing camp at the college I went to, and that's why I went there for creative writing. My, mine encouraged my writing. She, she, she Yes. I had her freshman year and senior year and she encouraged my writing and I have no clue where that woman is nowadays, but I really do wish that I could sit there and thank her. Yeah. I sent her one of my books and she sent a little thank you. Oh, 
Yeah, it's like, you didn't need to thank me, but okay. Oh. For me, it was like my eighth grade. I think it was eighth grade teacher. She was the bomb. But like my high school English teachers, I don't know. High school is not very memorable to me. So nothing really sticks out for me. I A lot of them, because I was in a fast-paced track, because I was doing college classes in high school, which is a dumb thing. And I, yeah. I did a few of those. I did it the entire time I was in high school, starting freshman year. So I never got like high school, high school experience. Um, And that's one of my, like gifted burnout is real. And I just keep going through it, you know? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I I feel that. I felt it yesterday. Yeah. 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 Like I kind of wish that, I was saying this the other day. I was like, I wish I could be content working for someone else. Like, I wish I could just be happy being Mm -hmm. employed and not be wanting to be an entrepreneur. Because, oh, my God, is it hard? Right. Oh, my God. (laughs) It is definitely. Definitely. But. But anyways, moving past that. Let's talk about this book, guys. <laughs> the one we like tangents. What can we say? Yeah, that's exactly what all this series has been: is t- side tangents and side tangents. It's, if you well, probably so really fun- cut down, if you cut down how much we actually talk about the book compared to just our own lives that surround this book, you'll get maybe ten percent book. <laughs> <laughs> listen, if they wanted all the book, they would just listen to the audiobook. Them's the rules. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. We're here to discuss the book. Yeah. Doesn't mean there's not journey. Other things. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone needs to learn to enjoy the journey. Exactly. Not the destination. You'll get Mm -hmm. some of the book. Mostly you will learn about my trauma. Thanks. Barely Bookish is rebranding. Yeah. (laughs) Come learn about Rachel's trauma. trauma. Yeah. And sometimes for guests, if they feel like sharing. Yeah. You want to just trauma dump on the listeners for a minute? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, chapter eight, Ben. So Ben is woken up from his sleep by Eva, who's saying he's got a call. Uh, It's our homie, Matt Burke, calling. And I'm like, oh my god, this guy's going to tell him about vampires. Which, correct. I honestly, because I started reading this, after we ended last week, mm-hmm. I did not realize how much happened in part two until I was like yeah. rewriting my notes. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. The thing that I kind of noticed, and I noticed it a lot in Stephen King's books is, I, and I think we mentioned it in the last recording. It's his act, his act ones are super long. There is so mm-hmm. much setup, especially for stories like this that convey a community. There is so much setup, and in the moment that, like, it's like, okay, I think I set enough up, like, bam, he hits you with fucking everything, which is good because it doesn't feel like you're treading, you know, through just mindless words. You're, you're actually, there's something happening, you know, and mm-hmm. can't say that about insomnia. I'm sorry, King, but, <laughs> um, yeah, this book right here, once you get into the Emperor of Ice Cream section, oh, it's fucking fun. It's the best part of the whole book next to the last bit. Yeah. It definitely fun. went very fast. Mm-hmm. I was reading it some on my stream, and I got to a point where I had, like, two pages left of the chapter, and shit was getting real, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm jumping right back into this sprint. Suffer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have to finish this. I feel that. So it's 4 a.m. Matt tells Ben to come fast and bring her cross because Ben doesn't have one. Uh, Because Matt doesn't have one. And Ben's like, I don't have one either. How am I supposed to get across? He goes, find one. (laughs) Which I I love the no context at all that uh, Ben is getting right now. Um, I think it's fun. I also love having friends like that because I feel like if I called Nova in the middle of the night and I said, bring me a cross and you'd be like, okay. Okay. Also low key knowing you, if you're like, bring me a cross, I'd be like, all right, who is dying? Where, what are we doing? Um, Are we hiding bodies? Do I need to bring a tarp? Like what else do I need to bring? Because you asked for a cross. You would open the back of your Kia Soul and they would just dump out garbage bags, holy water, (laughs) 
harp take uh like rope and a oh, shovel wow. and you're like i didn't know what all i needed and i was like did yeah. you bring clothes for the next couple of days and you're gonna be like no no <laughs> i did later. not i'll borrow some <laughs> all, I, all i asked is a damn cross not a whole fucking like grave robin you know yeah <laughs> but yeah knowing you if you called me asking for a cross i'd be like oh my god what are we dealing with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. time to go You'd bring every book we have on vampires and just shove it into the car just in case, in case we need that refresher. Yeah, get a ton of garlic. Also, if I wasn't too sure, maybe, you know, grab like a gun with some silver bullets or something just yeah. in case. Just in case. <laughs> Go to Walmart, be like, I need silver bullets or Cabela's or something. I need silver bullets. They'd be like, okay, what is this kid on? I'm like, I'm clean. Trust me. Maybe. Uh- Maybe, Maybe not after this. I, there was a book that I read that actually fixed that issue. It was a werewolf book, and they didn't have time to make silver bullets, but the guy actually owned a old Civil War cannon. And so he took his wife's mother's, uh, you know, fine silver, like, silverware, and, like, I think whatever silver was around the house, and he fucking pumped it. And the whole damn time that he's sitting there and he's doing this, there's a werewolf climbing up the fucking stairs slowly, thinking, uh. like, thinking, oh, you know, you think that cannon's gonna kill me? Blah, blah, blah. And then, like, the guy is just throwing everything, gunpowder, praying that, uh. it, that, that for one, praying that this cannon actually works, because this thing has never been fired. And in the moment he does it, it's, like, the most nastiest freaking kill ever where there are bits of forks and spoons and knives mm. just blown. And it didn't kill the werewolf immediately, but like it ends up just trying to travel down the road and then it just drops dead. And then the guy's like, Oh my God, it's dead. But then like, he's hearing his neighbors, like get fucking shredded. <laughs> but yeah. So I love that whole concept with silver bullets. It's like, what do you do when you don't have a silver bullet? Well, Christopher Bowman just told you, Take your mother-in-law's fine fucking silverware, quite literally, and put it in a cannon. <laughs> Just go up with a fork. They're like, what are you doing with the fork? <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> They'd be like, what the heck? That's oh. my silver fork to werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing the fine silver. They're like, what the heck? Here, let me, like, come over here for a little bit. Anyways, um, it's 4 a.m., you know, so Matt or sorry, Ben goes and goes to Eva's like, "Hey, can I borrow a cross?" And Eva's like, "Um, I guess why?" And he goes, "Well, Matt wants one." And she goes, "He's not Catholic." And Ben's like, "Um, I don't know. Stop asking questions, Eva. The hell, ma'am, I got a phone call that said bring a cross. Yeah. What do you think I'm going to do?" <laughs> I feel so bad for that woman, but yeah, like, just like, you know, he he's not Catholic. He's like, I didn't fucking ask to sit there and know this shit. It's like, just fucking give me a cross. And- Maybe he's converting. <laughs> he's calling yeah. me to tell me he's converting Maybe. and he needs a cross. Maybe. Yeah, 4 a.m. is the perfect time to convert, you know, whatever. Existential crisis about your religion and convert to a whole nother religion. Yeah, but he's what, a-, a 60-year-old man? I think you're a long past that, <laughs> that era of, like... Let's just cross over. Listen, the people what time people start dying is when they start converting. Well, when I die, I'll convert over to the metric system like the rest of the world. <laughs> As you should. As you should. That sounded like a jab. I also am not like Christian and uh I just want to throw that out there that I also wouldn't be converting. It's just statistically most people start converting when they start dying. They go into existential crisis about what's afterwards. Yeah. And that's one that's easily understood of what is stated afterwards. So they're like, oh. Yeah. I have answers. Yeah. I'm not People practicing just start currently, but, you know, I'm pretty sure on my deathbed. Okay, I'm practicing, I'm practicing. What test am I supposed <laughs> to be doing? <laughs> what test do I have to take? Can I tell you a Bible verse? Yeah. I know like none. I you my about my procrastination, it would be even with religion. I'll sit there and be not practicing till years on end, to, right to that final moment, and then that's when I'm going to cram everything that I'm supposed to be learning within a whole lifespan. <laughs> I have to get con- I, uh, I know one verse. I have to get confirmed and my first communion all on the same day. <laughs> Shit. 
the one I know is in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Literally just the first mean. line. And I start singing the Big Bang, uh, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> All those years of, here, learn these Bible verses and memorize them. And that's the only one I remember. All I remember is, I got a friend named Jesus. Uh, whatever that song is by the guy that's Jewish. I have no you not know what that, that song where it's called like House no. on the Hill or whatever? Oh my god. Yeah, the writer of it is Jewish, but he thought people would like like it better if he said Jesus, so he just kept it. What's Even wrong with Moses? That Jesus. still rhymes. I don't know. Right? He thought people wouldn't like it as much. I am now yes. realizing that I think it's my very Catholic training and upbringing that means I know that song because nobody else seems to. <laughs> I know a lot of more Christian songs, but they were more from like like rock bands. Yeah. Ew, like Skillet, huh? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, there were some other ones, um, but that's they'd cut the people at the church you went to, they had um, grandkids into that stuff. So whenever the grandkids were visiting, they'd do more of those versus like actual hymns. And I was like, I prefer this anyway than the old hymns. Yeah. But he was like, okay, here I mean, we are reading old. from an old book and now we're yeah. singing a rock. Oh, I'm like, okay, I, I ain't gonna question it. Yeah, I don't know, man. Oh, like, I like this better. So, um, Eva gives the crucifix. Uh, ben decides to get the, like, Ben leaves he puts it in his shirt because he's like ease of access. And he, when he gets there, Matt is absolutely freaking out. He's losing his goddamn mind. So after Matt explains the situation, Ben says that they should go up and take a look. Because like, what else are you going to do? Uh, 100% Mike, definitely a vampire now. This dude looks uh, good as the day he was born. No blemishes at all. And uh, they're like, if I didn't know better, I'd think he's sleeping. So Matt's like, dude, what should I do? Um, like, do you believe me? And Ben's like, I believe you. Why not? Like, I love this for Ben. What a supportive friend, first off. Yes. Mm. You know, most people, it's, if you only knew them for maybe 48 hours, would not believe you. <laughs> um, but I love that Ben's like, you know, I'm on this journey with you, my guy right yeah love that um so ben's like okay what we gotta do is we gotta turn him into the doctors and then just see what happens because obviously if they bury the suit's body or do anything else they're gonna look hella suspect yeah but you know it's a small town they can't get away with murder People saw Mike leave the bar with him last night. They know it was with him. What are you yeah. going to do? So then they're like, after they bury him, we'll just go to the graveyard and see if he rises. So what else are you going to do? So the cops show up and a doctor shows up. And he happens to mention that Mike uh, looks a whole lot like Danny Glick's body. So other confirmation Danny's probably a vampire. Yeah. So when they shine the light in it, in the kid's eye, in the guy's eyes, his pupils contract, and they're like, "Oh, isn't it so weird that dead bodies do that?" I'm like, "Um, do they? Do they though?" Like, I don't know if you guys ever did that to like. No, I have never went to a dead body. Just no, not a dead body. I'm like, I'm like family, like when they're sleeping and you just shine a light in their eyes because it's funny. I don't know when it would. Um, I was the oldest. I do what I want. Hold on. Um, Are you googling uh, the dead body's eyes contract? Because that's what I'm curious about. I'm pretty sure, like, that's probably gonna be like a certain date thing. Like, you know how, like, back then, yes, like, oh, if like the body looks like flush with blood, like, yeah, like it, like it just recently fed, but really, it's they didn't have that information about. Mm -hmm. Well, blood's gotta go somewhere. Yeah, you know. And then people automatically assume 
vampire. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. It's the medical science of that time. Yeah. Yeah. It says um, dead human eyes can respond to light about scientifically proven up to five hours after they've passed. Okay. But that's still like when the whole body is actually shutting down and, you know, for, for good this time. And, you yeah. know. Yeah. It, it does do some weird things when you're dying yeah. anyway. Poe uh, po kind of did more of an investigation of that when he did the um, facts in the cases of Vin Valdemar. But of course, in that story, he was trying to freeze the guy like right on the edge of death because he was dying of old natural causes. And he mm-hmm. was looking at how the body would react though you know mm-hmm. like some of that some of that is like only like some truth to it but obviously the speculation is you cannot keep some guy on near death for eight freaking months without <laughs> anything falling apart and everything yeah. And, yeah 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 but you know yeah fair i mean i d- <sighs> this book the next thing, though, that's kind of wild to me is that uh, the freaking guy just performs a whole medical exam right in this guy's house. Like, that seems kind of weird to me. Like, it seems kind of inconsiderate. And then he's, like, walking them through what he's doing. I I mean, can you imagine how traumatizing that would be for someone? Like, if Didn't you're he get, like, something shoved up his butt or something in that yeah, scene like a whole yeah bunch of yeah I, I would feel very traumatized like wouldn't you yeah. just be like hey can you guys leave for a little bit yeah i think there wasn't the same like restrictions and rules around that that back then that's true because like your doctor much- used to come straight to your house like yeah. you never went to the doctor yeah so but, it's but just Parkins weird was there, so I'm pretty sure Parkins wanted everyone present to make sure that Ben and Matt weren't conspiring some story. He he wanted everyone in the whole room so he knew where everyone was at and mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that also makes sense. That was just weird. Uh and then the cops like, Hey Ben, I looked into you. And I'm like, it's weird that you'd reveal that. <laughs> Someone's a sus- suspect, but go yeah. off, I guess. Um, and then uh, they are talking about how they want to go to the Marston house to do like a fake little welcome wagon to try and figure out if uh, they're actually killing people as you do. Um, and then as Ben is leaving, though, Floyd rolls up and like threatens to kill him and then uh, punches him in the face. So... <laughs> He got knocked the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Which Buckwild love that for him though. Um, you know, mm. I was like, oh, here it comes. Yeah. I knew this was coming at some point. Yeah, Thanks. like sooner or later, it was gonna have to be brought up. Of you know, y- you've been messing with my girl. And I was like, well, kind of technically, you already ruined your shot before the even the book began. So yeah, otherwise right. Susan, Susan wouldn't wouldn't have joined Ben. It's mm-hmm. like you were already slacking. All you do is do like most of the young men of the town. You go out to the bar, yeah, and just get drunk. It's like y- you shot yourself in the foot. It's Susan like, thought you were boring. It is yeah. what it is. You yeah. didn't write a book like Ben did. <laughs> yeah. So then we're on to chapter nine. Susan, Susan's mom is blaming ben for mike's death and i'm like why literally why what did he do as soon as she walked in this room and it was like the mother was like we need to talk i was like and here it comes yeah Yeah. i was like oh no (laughs) yeah susie's mom's like literally oh you know nothing bad ever happened here until ben or until ben got here so she's like okay like Girl, what? Yeah. And then uh, she's also telling Susie that Ben killed his wife in the motorcycle accident and that he was drunk. And her reason she says he's drunk is because he got a breathalyzer test. Not what the breathalyzer test said, but the fact he had one means he must yeah. have been drunk. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's how that works, though. Uh, but no. I do think in the story he was drunk. If I remember, he, he, he did have... 
maybe not like blasted drunk, I guess, with how Susan's mom tried to sit there and portray him as, but he did have some drink in him, yeah. if I remember correctly. I don't think it's said yet. They, it they mentioned it at one point. They, they were the like, beginning. I remember in this section they were talking about at one point, um, it was like a wet road and yeah. he went to like turn and it yeah. slid and yeah. that's how they crashed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what I know but, so far. Yeah. That, that's, ha- that's haunting him. And then of course with how the town talks because of uh, the, the, the one bitch that's always got the binoculars <laughs> looking at everyone else's business yeah. and everything. And then talking with Susan's mom, it's like, she's feeding Susan, Susan's mom, all this shit. And in small poor town Susan's- USA. Yeah. If I was going yeah. for a writer retreat, I'd never do it in a small town. Sounds awful. I'd much rather do that than the city because I would want somewhere quiet to work at, you know? Yeah. I want to be in the woods in a cabin. No town. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or we talked, we talked about this before (laughs) with the bathroom. (laughs) Very specifically. A lot of small town stuff too is you don't really get it. If you're a tourist. Yeah. You get the sunny side of it. Like they're not going to drag you into the town drama. I just yeah. don't want to be Ben here, you know? Come for a writing retreat, almost get eaten by a vampire. <laughs> yeah. Like, ugh. That doesn't sound like my idea of a good time. I also love that this is Stephen King's second novel. Yeah. Like, and he's and like. There's so much of what's written in this story, it's echoed in so many other, you know, books of his and everything. He, he legit borrows a lot from his older, like, his first five or so books. Mm-hmm. And if you really just look at those books themselves and then look at some of his other, it's like, oh, yeah, he definitely, you know, which there's nothing wrong with it. You look back yeah. at your greatest hits and you're like, okay, what works? What can I write a new spin on it? Okay, yeah. I can do that. And, you know, uh, The Dark Tower, again, you know, I'll always bring this up because it's my favorite series. But a lot of what's in Salem's Lot pops up in Dark Tower, especially how the character some characters act and everything like the 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 mother being overbearing on the daughter you know with, with the nortons you, you see that in dark tower book four with the aunt and um her niece and everything and you know she's all like you know you're you're just being a whore with that new boy in town and it's like oh my god it's like you're just a horrible human being because you're just selling her off so you don't lose your house that's pretty much the only reason you're doing this and you know, yeah. spoiler alert for those who haven't read Dark Tower, but <laughs> yeah, I I mean, sometimes you just gotta do what works, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's like how people are talking about how you uh, there's like a big trend. Well, it's been this way probably since like 2010, but writing for what sells. So like when all the vampire werewolf books came out, when all the dystopian books came out. And they're all very similar. It's because that's what was selling. It's what's in demand. So, yeah, that's always been though. You know, that's like, what publishers will pick up. Yeah. yeah, you have something off the beaten path. They're less likely to look at it. Yeah, yeah. So I get it. Even though that's probably the best book of the ones that were sent in, but you know, yeah. But, but most people are going to sit there. They're gonna they're gonna look at like, oh my god, I enjoy this book. I want to have something kind of similar to this. And then mm-hmm. that's when they go and they look at like, oh God, these are nowhere near as good as the book that I started with. And, you know, yeah. it it starts losing its value. Yeah. I, I tried someone's book um, that was on Book Talk and they're like, oh, my book by the worst review. You know, sometimes the review is super bad because it's like people don't like they don't read the trigger warnings or whatever. So they're like, mm-hmm. it, this book is just like a ripoff of Akatar, And they're like, they said something like, oh, you can't have any Faye books now without it being a ripoff of Akatar. And I was like, okay, you know, I'll give it a try. I like Faye books. I read that shit. Rip off of Akatar, Like, to the point where it's like she finds this man the exact same way Feyre finds Hamlin. Then this scene happens, which is uh, Feyre and the, if you haven't read the series, I'm not going to give you spoilers. But, like, the court scene, okay? That shit happens. I'm like, oh my god, like, this is fully a ripoff. And I'm not, I, I couldn't even finish it. I got, like, 40% of the way in. And I was like, this is so badly written. 
and like just fully a ripoff. That I'm like, okay, I get writing what sells. But, like, please, for the love of God, do some editing. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To quote uh, Chris Tucker, you know, Steven Spielberg about the suit, or George Lucas about the sue a bitch. There we go. That's what it was from uh, Jane Silent Bob. You know, I hate when people do that. You know, I even yeah. see it with movies where they hit like these beats. Now, like there, there are certain movies like the rip off of Jaws where they just do like it's man versus nature. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like Jaws came out. And then after that, you got shit like Tremors and mm-hmm. uh, Lake Placid. Those are very different. But if you just release another killer shark movie. Yeah. And just try to call it something else. It's like, dude, you're not even trying. It's like, yeah. Oh, there's so much in the aquatic ecosystem. You probably would have gotten away with doing a Megalodon just because you would have raised the stakes a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. But yeah. You Bring know, something different. Bring yes. something unique. Make no. it yours. And there's, then I'm cool with it. There's no original uh, ideas. There's just original ways of doing it. Yeah. It's, it's your, your, your voice itself is the original selling point, yeah you know Susie, mo- Susie's mom just keeps roasting Susie and Susie's like you know what fuck this I'm moving out and love that for Susie obviously mm-hmm. that doesn't last long but we'll get there soon I, I'm not <laughs> ready for it I'm not ready for it yeah and then Susan slaps her mom across the face yes I was so happy about that me too I was like get that consequence <laughs> consequences of my actions mm-hmm. um and oh, then no, we I think it sorry. pretty damn good for her she had the better outcome compared to her freaking mother mm-hmm. and then uh floyd apparently put ben in the hospital and then susan's like literally hey yeah is your good boy such a good boy anymore he put ben in the hospital for no reason i like that as she's walking out and be like yeah sure mom such a nice guy. <laughs> really, really just sit there and fucking let it burn. Good. So Ben tells Susan to go uh, to Matt and that he loves her and that also she should probably start locking the windows. And Susan is so, like, starts being so stupid about the entire vampire stuff. So first of all, she says Straker's hot, which, like, Why? go off but also why uh and then matt confirms to her that hubie uh, hubie hubby was definitely into devil worship i always forget that you know 70s and 80s was very into devil worship don't know why they were so worried about it but, but Hubie was in, in the, I think most of his actions were in the 40s, but I want to sit there and say close to the 50s was when he died. Yeah. No, I mean like the yeah. writing. like cause Oh, yeah. The, yeah. The satanic panic of the era. Yeah. I just, yeah. I forget that that happened every time until it somehow gets brought up in like something I'm reading at that point. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. They were like really worried about it. And like now they're your neighbors and they're your, you know, town counselors. They're nice people. <laughs> I just, I don't understand what happened for people to be like, oh my God, the devil is awakening. And you're just like. American what? Christianity, pretty much. It's what it is. Yeah. We feel threatened. Another religion is coming into our, our country. And yeah. Wild. People are I crazy. Mean, um, I did find it mildly boring that Susan is not the believing type. Uh, I was like, girl, why not? First of all, what's it going to hurt? Truly. You don't have to tell anybody you believe if that's what you're yeah. worried about. But like, also bring some joy into your life. Why not? I think this brings the opposite of joy. Well, but- <laughs> I think then though the book will get boring afterwards because where Matt is like a firm believer, he firmly believes mm-hmm. that I know exactly what I saw. And then Susan's all like, but is it? You mm-hmm. know, it's like, it's this hysteria of the kids going missing and, you know, and then Ben's in the middle where Ben's like, I do believe, but I also want to sit there and go through all of these different freaking scenarios to make sure you know yeah. are, are, are we just not fighting a plague epidemic 
because again yeah. the book the book layers it pretty damn well you know about yeah. you know mm-hmm. is, is this the stuff that's killing the glick boy and everything and like is it spreading and how far in, and how fast and yeah. Yeah. So one thing I really like, like, yeah, it kind of, you figured Susan would be the believer and maybe Matt would be the non-believer, but due to the scenario that those characters are in, mm-hmm. it makes somewhat sense and everything, but yeah. Yeah. She yeah. feels very like a logic type of, I need to go yeah. through, you know, if there's even the slightest chance this is not it, then like, yeah. okay, now we're believing in ghost stories here when this could explain it just as well. So like, yeah. But yeah. she's also the type that it's like, I'm still going to support you through this. Yeah. Fair. But, but like, are you sure? For my <laughs> mental well-being, I want all of my friends to throw logic out the income at all times. <laughs> like, actually shoot someone with a silver bullet and you're like, oh shit, he's not turning. <laughs> I want, if I say I saw a werewolf, I want you to be like, yeah, where? Can I also see said werewolf? that's what i'm saying like that's what i want that's the kind of un like what is that uh when people love you without bounds unrequited nope uh like a parent's love they say without limits not unconditional unconditional that is the word i was looking for i want someone to believe me unconditionally to be my friend i just want me to be like hey this shit happened and you'd be like what the fuck Wild. Tell me all about it. Mm-hmm. That's why I have tea time, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Like what we kind of keep having every time we do these <laughs> tea Yeah, time. it's fine. <laughs> she just randomly calls me and is like, I have tea. Uh-huh. And that's how she gets oh, opens the phone call. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> so someone's in Matt's house. Turns out it's Mike. He's mm-hmm. lying on the bed again. Keep in mind, Susan and Matt are at this his house right now so yeah mike thousand percent a vampire and he's like yo teacher i'm gonna kill you and then matt's like be gone skr, skr. and so he basically revokes access to mike yeah which makes mike fly out of the house down the window land on the grass and then uh, Matt, having the only sane and proper reaction, has a full heart attack. Yeah. So what a vibe. I would also be terrified. To me, I still think this is the best scene in the whole fucking book. With, you know, he wakes up, he finds him right there. There's nothing more eerie than to have already one night had a dead man in your fucking house. Mm-hmm. Just to like, oh, I hear something upstairs in the fucker right. is back in and everything and uh yeah the the toby hooper tv miniseries made great work of the scene and everything especially like how the vampire would hiss his teacher mm-hmm. and it's just like the eyes and it's the whole scene mm-hmm. and every time that i read the scene i see that exactly verbatim and it's it's still gotta be the most haunting scene ever to to have that you know yeah I my little theory at this point was they were purposely trying to get everybody in the hospital so that they no longer have to ask for access. That right? is my theory. Because like <laughs> it feels like the, at, at this portion of the book now it seems like the whole HQ section to like we need to find where everyone's at so we know where everyone's at. Oh, let's stack up in the hospital. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. pretty much it for the rest of the book. You know. Yeah. Everybody just can vibe in the hospital apparently but like no one owns the hospital so they don't have to ask anybody for access yeah except for dr james cody of course well here's the thing though is that mike was actually able to give um danny access so it doesn't have to be the homeowner it's just someone oh 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 that oh you're, you're I just talking thought about the about access to the home yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that, that, one, that one's extremely hard because especially like if you're someone that's always been welcome to this building and then bam, you get turned into a vampire, you know. Yeah, you can just easily walk into there. You know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Okay. My bad. A little miscommunication. Well, I just thought about it, to be honest. Well, yeah. And also, too, how to like, who's going to sit there and revoke so you cannot come here no more at this hospital? <laughs> it's like, revoke the invitation. I don't yeah, know. right. 
unless she kind of firing. It's like, I don't want to see her ass around here again. <laughs> and that counts as the revoke. I don't know. If you step foot on this property, I'm calling the cops. I'm dead. I, I put a note down about the ambulance phone number. What was it? It was like a full-on phone number. He's like, call the oh. ambulance. Here's the number. And then it hangs up. And I was like, oh, the ease of 911. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Because <laughs> it came out, 911, I think, got deemed in like 68. Mm. So it wasn't like completely everywhere. Yeah. About this time. So it was just funny to me of, here, here's a full-on phone number. Call them to get the ambulance here. I'm like, oh. Okay. I'm, yeah, I couldn't I imagine. I would promptly forget the number. They'd hang up and I'd be like, shit. <laughs> what was it again? Uh, yeah, right? I don't know how people used to memorize phone numbers because it, it can't be me. Like, I, I still remember yeah, landline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember my landline. I remember... So my parents used to have two phone numbers. And then my mom's job started paying for her work. So I memorized my parents' phone numbers. And when that happened, when my mom got a job that paid for her work, she gave it that phone and the phone number to my youngest sibling. So now I have their phone number memorized. But I don't know my mom's phone number ever anymore. Because after that point, like I had a cell phone and just caller ID. So yeah. when I, I was um, young in town, because obviously the towns would have the same like code, we, we'd literally walk around and be like, what's your phone number? And we'd give each other the last four dig- digits. And that was it. That's all people would give each other in town was the four digits. Now, yeah. obviously, with cell phones, you have to give the full number. But with landlines, it was like, oh, that was easy. Just, hi, call me. <laughs> this is my number. Yeah, Florida's a tourist state. I've never had that. Like, I've always had to get also area code. So nobody in, in Florida is from Florida, pretty much. Yeah, in working in retail, I'd have to get the area code all the time. Um, but yeah, when we were children, <laughs> you know, elementary school children, it was, you just needed the last four numbers. Do you remember when you'd have, like, certain times you were allowed to call, like, cell phones versus landlines? When mm-hmm. you first got cell phones, I don't know. I think it was like past seven p.m. Mm-hmm. and you got unlimited uh, minutes and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you'd like you like to remind friends. me about dial-up internet too, and really sit there and put a number on my age. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have internet until I was like 13, 12, 13 at my parents. At that point, it was past dial-up, but it was, like... It was that crossover... Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, the weird... Worked better than dial-up, but not as good as today. I remember when I used to have to boot up my dad's laptop to play Wizard 101, and I would start it, and then I'd go make myself lunch. And I'd come back and be (laughs) on. (laughs) The desktop at my parents' house was so old that, like, you'd turn it on, and it'd be, like... Nice thing of silence. Starting. 30 minutes later. Still says starting. <laughs> and I would get to the desktop and you had to wait another 30 minutes just to do anything because it was still trying to figure itself out. Yeah. When I got my first desktop, my dad somehow changed my mouse to look like a little dragon. And I never knew oh. how he did that. But I loved it so much. It looked like a little wizard wand and when I click on things, a little dragon would appear. Mm-hmm. It was wild. I loved doing that. I knew, like, all the, like, weird things like that because I did not have internet, so I'd literally just go on the computer and, like, mess around with settings. Yeah. I did, uh, <laughs> recently, I just had to get a, uh, Google Chrome extension for Google Docs to make the cursor a different color because on my friend's computer, I could not see the cursor of where I was typing for unknown reasons, <laughs> oh and then God. I was like, hey, Google, how do I fix this? And it was like, if you change your font color to black it'll be black and i'm like bullshit because it's black and there's no cursor so i i downloaded uh, a the first cursor i found which was a rainbow cursor so now it's rainbow no nice it makes me happy it brings me joy amazing yeah anyways yeah. 
Sam's lot. <laughs> so chapter 10, the lot. Uh, we find out that apparently uh, Hubie's wife begged him to kill her. Don't know why yet. Maybe it'll be revealed. Unknown. I was like, hmm. Yeah. Maybe because she was turning into a vampire? No, no, no. Well, we don't know yet. No spoilers. We'll get there. I'm not spoiling, but... Who knows? Let us see our eyes. Let us be wrong. Let us be wrong. (laughs) So, uh, Floyd, 100% vampire. We find out that vampire Danny drank the infant blood. Don't know why, because it's not like there's much blood there anyways. That was interesting. I was like, oh, okay. We're going for the baby, I guess. Like, sucking the juice out of, like, one little grape is like... Yeah. Right? It's it's an appetizer, you know. It's like, I got Mike, but I'm still hungry, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I I felt so bad for that scene. Any scene with the child, and then that family just in general. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, my God, yeah. We also find out that Danny is sucking his mom's blood, which... Has uh, Freud turning over in his grave a little bit, you know? <laughs> so uh, Ben is talking with Susan. Uh, Susan basically feels like she can't believe everything going on. And Ben's like, listen, don't use the word can't anymore. Which, good little thought experiment. Kind of fun. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Things my therapist says to me almost every time. Don't use the word can't. Yeah. A, a good rule. It, it, it's like the same thing about, you know, it's it's, it's called a uh, trash can, not trash can I. And it's like, I. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I forgot what's the full TikTok, but it's all like, you know, it's like it, 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 something about like, you know, uh, just because you're garbage doesn't mean that you can't do it. It's called trash can, not trash can I. And it's like, oh my fucking god. I love that. Amazing. Uh, we do get this scene at the dump where it's just completely silent. Dud, probably vampire, pro- but definitely missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we find out that Reggie figured out that his wife Bonnie is cheating on him and rolled up with a shotgun. Yes! That oh scene, god. oh my god! Yeah, uh, so they kind of changed that a little bit in all the adaptations mm-hmm. because this one kid doesn't really kind of pop up all too much. But yeah, the whole scene where you know he's coming in, he's flirting. No lie, I think of like the old seventies porns where it's like the pizza delivery guy or it's the plumber, mm-hmm. and it's like, why did it feel like Stephen King? Maybe like in a hotel room when he turned the TV on, it went to like some like weird porn. And he's yeah. all like, I'm going to write that in one of my stories. The town skank is going to have the fucking telephone line boy come over. <laughs> it was so cringy. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but like, you know, it, it, it it's, it's very much funny. Like where it's all like, Oh, he tried to rape me. And it's like, really? That does not look anything like... Yeah, girl, what like... the fuck? Yeah, it's like... I was like, come on, be like a little bit more... Uh, like, act creative. a little better. So, yeah, be creative and everything. Because obviously your husband's been watching. Yeah, he's not stupid. Time. And I mean, yeah. And um, yeah, it, it like... When, when, when I read that part for the first time, I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like... You know, she was looking to cover. She was looking to cover her own damn ass, and she fucking failed at it. And oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she was like, "Oh, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah." Mm-hmm. And then she, sure. then they decide. Uh, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna." He made it. Corey put like the gun in his mouth as if he, he was gonna make him kill himself. And then he's like, "Just kidding," and Corey's just like sh- shitting his pants. Mm-hmm. Um, I would too. Yeah. Me too. I thought, okay. So then they like kind of like, I guess he fired a blank because they said like, it sounded like they said the gun went off. He fired it dry. I don't know what that means. It, 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 There's there nothing in it. There. Oh, okay. No. He just like cocked it and pulled the trigger so that like goes like uh, it would hammer to shoot it. Okay. But it doesn't yeah. hit anything. Okay. Yeah. 
there, there, it, it's not loaded. He only did it just to fuck with the kid. And then just pulling the trigger right there was just enough to scare the kid off that maybe the next time he won't get so damn lucky if he gets stuck in the same situation again. Yeah. yeah. Um, Because um, the blank is also, it has the shell, so it would shoot. Oh. The shell. It, there's just no, like, bullet in it. So it's just, like... So it's still like a shotgun. It's like the plastic casing, so it doesn't go far. Yeah, it's like a rubber bullet almost. That that's what killed um, the crow's lead actor was someone fired off a blank and it hit him in the head and uh, took him out. So yeah, just because it's a blank, don't mean that it's not fatal. Because yeah, yeah, you see it like military or cop or fire, like any funeral they shoot. In the air, they're shooting blanks, and then you can pick up the... They'll pick up the casings afterwards, kind of thing. It's kind of weird. I always wonder where the hell the other... The, where those blank rounds go. Because, you know, they shoot it up in the area. All I can think of is some poor-ass bird. Or it doesn't go far. Oh, it doesn't? No, the casing is meant to, like, it leaves the barrel, and then not... Depending on the type. If it leaves the barrel, it only goes so far. And then it would technically oh, okay. eject the bullet. So they don't go far. Okay, good. A lot of them also, it stays in the barrel, and then it just yeah. pops out when you like. Let's it'll see, just I pop out. something today. Other than that, <laughs> I was thinking like, there's some poor asshole that's having the worst day of his life, and then all of a sudden, seven gun salutes coming from far away, and it's like, oh, your day's about to get worse, buddy. <laughs> it's kind of like when you see like a rocket launch, like it launches, and then like not too far up, a piece comes off. Yeah, it's yeah. like that. Okay. Okay. Seen that article that came out and they're like, please stop firing guns straight up in the air on the 4th of July, you stupid asshole. (laughs) You've seen that? Yep, there are people that'll do that. Or they play uh, roulette with a bow and arrow. I saw them do that at Grown Ups. Yeah, that that actually sounds like fun. I think Mm -hmm. I would actually... No lie, and I I don't do shit like this. But when I saw Grown Ups, I saw that I was like, you know what? That would be actually very fun. <laughs> uh, I just gotta sit there and look to see where I can run that has the most trees and everything. Not in the open field like what they did, you know, or like the open area, you know. I'd be heading for the trees, you know. Case study of why men die first. That's what <laughs> I was thinking. Again, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I was only. I'm not interested in most of this other stuff, but when I saw that scene, I was like, oh my god, that that actually looked fun, you know? Yeah. It's probably like the one time I'll ever sit there and say there's something outdoorsy I enjoy fucking doing. Dodging arrows. (laughs) Dodging arrows. Listen, I played dodgeball and I know how bad I was at that, so I'm definitely not. Oh my god, right. I played wall ball and took a freaking tennis ball right to the freaking eyebrow and everything, and I was like just not even a foot away from the damn wall and that bitch came right back and mm. hit me and that's like oh my god and Ugh. then on coach was like no you can't play this game anymore it's like you're gonna give each other a fucking head concussion yeah that and you know there's that one kid that takes it way too serious and like almost murders every single person that's, on that's the post hit me in the freaking damn eyebrow he took it way too serious because i got him in the last one because he tried the race and i i pegged him you know, right in the kidneys with it. I was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Now he got me back, which I sat there and I was like, that's fair. That's fucking fair. And I hated um, my first high school gym class because it was like, I think I was a freshman and it had like all the senior boys and they were doing, they did the like, Oh, who can hit each other the hardest contest. Oh my God. But it almost never would hit them. Yeah. I would come home with welts and bruises <laughs> and I'm like, why are we playing this when you can't hit each other? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's why I was in my teenage dirtbag era. I was not a participant in anything. I need to see that TikTok. I was just a teenage dirtbag baby. Yeah, I, to- I don't joined- have no pictures of me as a teenager, so you'll never see that 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 you know trend from me. Right. Mine. I was too busy trying to impress people. So I don't have those photos because I was only taking what I thought was decent ones. Yeah, my teenage dirtbag era was mostly middle school. And it's a lot of me looking very emo, but like on a budget. (laughs) Like emo on a budget and my parents had to approve of my outfit choices. 
So I was very limited. It was all black, yes, but at what cost? That was the vibe. Like navy yeah. black or something like that, or no, it was like I don't black think I even remotely t-shirts. have any uh, photos like that. Just because of that, of I was bullied so much, I was like, all my photos got to be like model, so people will like me. My stuff yeah. was like wrestling signs and everything, and like grunge apparel. That that was mine. Amazing. Know? Everyone yeah. always sat there and told me to get out of Texas and go up to fucking Seattle. You fucking hippie. <laughs> See, I was bullied a lot, and then I just made a lot of threats to people. So, yeah, that's now the story. Now you write it in your book. Yeah, gang, gang. I'll see if I can find uh, some. One of my friends tags me, tagged me in one of the funniest teenage dirtbag photos. So if I find it, I'll send it to you all. Amazing! Please do. Yeah. It has to be the thumbnail of this episode, though. Oh God, no! Worst case scenario, I'll put it on Instagram or some shit, but like, it's not going on thumbnail. Amazing. Um, but, anyways, book because we don't have much more time. All right, so totally didn't actually kill Car- Corey. Corey's alive, but he's basically is like, if you ever come back to this town and show your face again, I will actually kill you. And Corey's like, oh my god. So he leaves. Which, you know, my big thing is I feel like you should blame your spouse more than you blame the person you're sleeping with. But whatever. Whatever. Also, it sounds like... Both people are at fault. Both people are at fault. Yeah. I mean, if you're knowingly getting into someone that you know is married... If you're knowingly, yes. I'm assuming he knows. Yeah. yeah, I still feel like you should be more angry at your partner than the person they're sleeping with letting them to allow that yeah Mm -hmm. but anyways sounds like bonnie's getting beat up which is kind of fucked up but also like you know anyways (laughs) oh it gets gets far worse no spoilers but it gets far fucking worse when you oh god oh god so barlow says to Corey that he, he thinks american cities are gross which mood um (laughs) <laughs> but he's like I went with Salem Slot because it's a small town and my homie is here anyways well it was and we're like what yeah so Corey is very into everything Barlow's saying which probably means he's in a trance um or you know he's in shock so yeah. now we get Corey or Vampire both. or both possible both. we get Corey Vampire which is just not great at all um and then my thought was like, what is he gonna do if he turns the entire town into vampires? Because then he doesn't have a food source. They uh, they spread out. My whole thing is is that he's been doing this for a while. Yeah. And so it's like he keeps finding all these small towns, and then he moves farther away into another small town, and so it's almost like at least for this time, because he could he still couldn't do it at this era. Not with the way how social media and everything is and everyone has a camera. Um, it's that he's been doing this for a long time, but only doing it at small little towns across the world and everything. Uh, because again, it's all hush hush. And mm-hmm. they do make a they do make a, a mention uh, with Matt later on where they talk about, you know, how like some towns turn into ghost towns and then people wonder whatever happened there. Mm-hmm. And then they, they start talking about more like just uh, was it like myth like oh this is the reason why this town went under when in reality that's not how that it, it's just what uh yeah. local urban legends and everything say so yeah. that's how i figured that's how barlow's been sustaining himself he's been hopping around from small town or small village whatever and he's just been feeding on the little people not so much the big people and everything and because that'll give way too much attention it just astounds me that like Maybe it's just because I'm antisocial, but if I was a vampire, I would turn nobody. Because then it's like we have a connection, and I don't want that. <laughs> you know? Well, they have a connection. You probably don't. Let's hope you don't, and everything, because that's yeah. going to be a bitch to sit there, you know, oh, I'm just sleeping, getting in my good Z's, and then like the guy I just turned last week gets fucking staked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd be like, um, what, what the hell? <laughs> Like, right. That dude didn't fucking share his casserole recipe with me neither. It's like fuck. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, "You were supposed to fix my roof, damn it." Yeah, damn it. 
I'd be like, why are you turning all, like, they'd have, like, the vampire conference, and, you know, they have, like, most of the time, it's, like, people refer to the people they turn as their family. They'd be like, yeah, I just added, like, 30 new members to my family. And it would just be me and Daniel. And I'd be like, you did what? Fucking cringe. Anyways. It's like those people that say they, like, love having children. It's the only thing that brings them joy in their life. Mm-hmm. Why? Obviously, this person's never picked up a book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, maybe it's just the fact that I don't really want kids, but it's like, you know, you could just spend on your money on like European vacations, right? Like, then mm. there's an option. What a mood. <laughs> and if you want kids later, there's always adoption. Exactly. Yeah. I would adopt a kid if they were like 13. That seems like a decent age. That's a good age, too, because a lot of kids that age get looked over. Yeah, I don't want a child. The child part is gross. Like by that point, it's like you're mostly self reliant. Like you're like, hey, you know, how you yeah. feeling about things? Cool, good, good. Okay, you have fun over you there. You just give us finger guns. Like, yeah, you good? Yeah, good, good. Like that that cool dad. Yeah, you good? Yeah. <laughs> that's my energy is wine aunt or cool dad, and that's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Oh my God. So, uh, Ben tells Susan, you should leave town. Like, things are not looking good. We should probably leave town, and you should probably get a crucifix. And Susan's like, I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, Susan, you buffoon. Yeah. You already talked about wanting to move to New York. Just speed that process up a little bit. Right? hmm So, and then they, like, go and we get to see the morgue a little bit. For some reason, they decided to include the sexuality of the man that died just for random things. I don't know why they did that, but go off, I guess. And then they were like, uh, yeah, all those bodies and also the body of the infant, gone. And I'm like, okay. So we get more confirmation. Vampire. But that also means baby vampire. And there is nothing more terrifying to me than a infant that's going to be an infant forever. Disgusting. Yeah, it kind of throws you back to Interview with the Vampire when... Um, I haven't read that yet. Was... Oh. <laughs> Thank God she stopped me. That, that's on the list to read. That is on the, the movie, list to read. That the was movie's funny. has been out since 1994, I think. Yeah, but also... Okay, fine. Do you want to speed that up? We can do that next. And then... It's, it's, oh my god. Is it just going to be all of us for uh, fall vibes? Apparently. I, I don't Wait, have that book, so... I, okay, I, I might give my I friend an interview with... Hold on, I should probably text her. So, Danny, Vampire Danny, is visiting that kid, Mark. And Mark is trying to fight the compulsion, compulsion which this kid is a badass. Let me just say that mm-hmm. from the get-go. He's like, Hi. oh... You know, if he's convincing me with his words, you know what I gotta do? Just talk really loud. What a vibe. That's what I do when I'm uncomfortable. It's just, he's like, nope, not listening, not listening, not listening. Mm-hmm. Oh, like a cross. Come yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, hope this works. So, uh, yeah, that he picks up the cross and uh, Vampire Danny gets burned and has to dive out the window. And then ten minutes later, Mark is asleep and gripping the cloth. What a vibe. What a vibe. Real hero here. Truly. Um, but yeah, that's the end of our reading today. Thank you guys for joining me. Of Yee. course. Yeah. Uh, Nova, where can the people of the internet find you and your stuff? <sighs> I always hate this question every time you ask. <laughs> um, you can pretty much find me anywhere at Novasaurus Rex with two X's and pretty much you can find anything of me from there. Most things are connected. And I have a link tree that hasn't been updated in a while, but like it's that. there. <laughs> uh, Gothic, where can the people on the internet find you and your stuff? Uh, Gothic Storyteller. Uh, mostly on Twitch, Instagram, and most of the socials. Twitter is the Gothic Wafer. Do not ask why, but yeah, they they stole my name on Twitter. So, rip. Yeah, 
so you can find me on there where you know i i just shit post on everything <laughs> that's where we're going that's where we're going we're shit posting everywhere but thank you guys for joining me and we will catch you all in the next chapter bye bye, bye. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. If you want to find me, I am at Barely Bookish on everything. I'm on Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, all the good normal things, all the fun social medias. Um, And I also have a Patreon, so please consider joining that. You can join for as low as $1 a month and you get access to a lot of great bonus content. Um, And next week we will be moving on with even more Salem Slot. So I hope you all enjoy that and have a great week. Our logo is designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song was by Raphael Crux, and I'll catch y'all later. Bye!